Welcome to the Rust Belt Rundown, brought to you by Rust Belt Recruiting. This podcast is designed to shine a light on the meaningful work being done in Northeast Ohio and the surrounding region. We will convene manufacturing executives and Northeast Ohio business leaders for candid discussions about their business, regional happenings, industry trends, entrepreneurship, and more. Now, let's get running on The Rundown. Okay, welcome everyone to episode 11 of the Rust Belt Rundown. I am your host, Paul O'Connor, and on this episode, we are joined by Jay Ferran, Senior Vice President of Team Neo. Jay, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really looking forward to today and the episode. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, before we jump into Team Neo, uh, we really like to give our guests an opportunity to talk about their career journey and how they got to where they are today. So, so give us the, uh, the 30,000 foot view of, of how you ended up uh, at Team Neo. Sure. So uh, I'm a Cleveland born and bred. Uh, Left, went to Miami University, and during sorry, the course of- Sorry about the loss last night. Big game. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a heartbreaker, but uh, we've got a good team this year, and uh, we're excited for the prospects for making the playoffs, which yep. would be a big, big feat for Cleveland. Yes. Uh, so anyway, went on to Miami University, and uh, there I was recruited to join Procter & Gamble, uh, and uh, through my- uh, 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 employment there. Uh, I moved around the country. Uh, I spent uh, time in uh, Michigan, uh, Connecticut, uh, Chicago, and uh, almost 20 years in the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, man. So uh, over the course of a 25-year career. Uh, but my, my wife and I, as we started having children, uh, decided that uh, we wanted to be a little closer to home and uh, allow our children to know their aunts and uncles, cousins, and, and family. And so we made the decision uh, proactively to move back uh, to Cleveland, which we did in 2000. And uh, for six years, uh, I spent time as a retail consultant, helping uh, companies uh, mostly around technology and applying that technology to their their business operations. Um, During the course of those six years, though, returning to the same town that I grew up in, Lakewood, Ohio, um, I became very involved in the community and through that involvement uh, ended up leading a, a redesign exercise and ultimately a, um, a number of bond issues related to uh, new schools in the city of Lakewood. Okay. Uh, so it was a pretty massive four or five year project that I was involved in and uh, gave me a great feel for community being community engagement. Also during that time, uh, uh, with a couple of other folks, I started a community development corporation called Lakewood Alive. And it's all about promoting the city of Lakewood, helping people uh, at the community level get engaged. Um, and uh, that has, it's still thriving, uh, having been in place now for well over 15 years. So Great. feel good about that. And uh, once um, I was involved in the community, I said, I want to get involved more. And so that led me to make a career change from the consulting work that I was in to pursuing an opportunity with Team Neo, where I joined them in uh, 2007. Got it. Okay. So let's back up to all the places that you lived. What was your favorite place to live? If, if Cleveland isn't number one, which I assume it is. <laughs> there were a lot of great places. So, uh, you know, living in Connecticut, uh, you know, it's terrific because you have access to New York City. 
uh, from where at least where, where he lived. Uh, living in Chicago, uh, you can never find anything wrong about Chicago, right? Again, great downtown options, great options uh, to Wisconsin and things like that. Uh, but having spent the most time in the Bay Area and having developed a great number of friends there, uh, really love that area. You know, the, the variety, the diversity of uh, opportunities uh, from, uh, you know, travel, you know, Yosemite, Monterey, uh, Mendocino, uh, Lake Tahoe, city of San Francisco, uh, all of those were just wonderful experiences. And we look back very fondly at that, at, at having, you know, spent time there. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bay area later and, and, uh, what's happening there. So I, I know you'll have an interesting perspective, but, um, you spent 25 years at Procter and Gamble. How was it to work for a company of that size and, and, Talk a little bit, too, about the benefits of the corporate training that uh, a company of that size has. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, it, it was a great experience, a wonderful experience. And, uh, you know, the corporate training is second to none. Uh, there's lots of opportunity that I was uh, afforded. Uh, I, you know, developed my career, uh, eventually became, you know, an associate director there, which is fairly high level within uh Procter and Gamble. And, uh, you know, I ended up leading a Safeway team, which was a major food grocer on the West Coast, uh, multiple cities. And uh, I, I guess what I have taken away from that experience uh, at, at Procter and Gamble that I apply to my current work at Team Neo uh, is that I came to understand that for, for companies, uh, you know, private companies, public companies, uh, there's three things that they think about uh, and when they look at any opportunity. First, am I going to make money? And that's an okay thing, right? Uh, making revenue is okay, and uh, it has to be okay. Um, but they also look at how much time is required, how much capacity uh, of either themselves as individuals or their organization. And then lastly, what's the risk associated with that opportunity? You know, is it one that you're going to be competing with a lot of other parties for, or is it something that you might have a unique advantage in, or are there downsides that are, you know, you know, that could potentially harm your business and uh, make it more risky? Um, so I think it was really learning that those three elements are paramount as you assess any opportunity. Yeah. So I, I apply that every day now to what I do at Team Neo. Yeah, I was going to say, those, those three things are, are pretty perfect for a seamless transition into what you're, what you're now doing at Team Neo. Right. So at Team Neo, we, uh, we, our mission is to help companies grow mm -hmm. uh, and also to draw new business investment into the region uh, new jobs, et cetera. So we're yep. working with the companies inside the footprint of Northeast Ohio, which are 18 counties, basically going from the Pennsylvania border west to, uh, I always say, uh, Erie County or Cedar Point, okay. and then south to uh, Mansfield, uh, the Richland County area, and back over to the Pennsylvania border. Got so it. that's a population of 4 million people, as I said, 18 counties, uh, 2 million plus people in the workforce. Lots of companies, uh, but again, uh, when we work with those companies or we're talking to prospects coming into the region, it's the same three things. Am I going to be able to make money there? 
how much time is it going to require for me to do that? How much effort is required? How much capacity will be drawn upon to, to make those, that prize possible? And then what's the risk associated with doing it? Yep. Yep. Talent risks or there, you know, other kinds of risks that, that, that they have to take account of. So, I mean, it's a perfect transition. You, you uh, touched on what the mission of, of Team NEO is. You joined in uh, 2007. What uh, are some of the organizations that have since, um, you know, brought their HQ or their operations to Northeast Ohio since 07? Uh, so, oh, well, there's a lot. Yeah. It's probably about eight, 10 a year that we are able to draw. Um, companies don't tend to relocate uh, as much as they tend to expand into okay. other geographies. So, um, you know, some of the significant ones that uh, we've been involved in uh, include Nestle. I mean, Nestle was here. Uh, they had a division here, uh, but uh, the food division. But ultimately, they added other divisions that were consolidated into Northeast Ohio. So um, Nestle has operations in a lot of different businesses. And then those, are, those had been spread out across the country. So we were competing with some of their other current locations to be able to um, identify Northeast Ohio as a great place for their pizza division, a great place for their uh, technology team and all of the people associated with that from a corporate standpoint, uh, their logistics team, et cetera. Um, we also, uh, you know, one that might not be on the map with everyone is um, Alexander Mann, which is a uh, human resource uh, capital uh, development uh, team. Uh, they actually were based in, uh, in England and had uh, a strong market share in Europe. They were looking for a North American beachhead and were you know, settling on Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. But because of an advocating person here in the region who knew somebody in that company, they they got them on the phone and they said, hey, before you leave the continental United States and fly back to Europe, you need to come to Cleveland. Hmm. And they contacted us. Once we got together with that, with that company, we made the business case back to time, money, and risk. Yep. And why not yep. East Ohio and Cleveland was a better location. So they've been here about 10, 12 years now. And doing so. So expand on the site selection process, because in my next life, I want to be one of these consultants that fly around and pit cities <laughs> against each other and, and get to say, hey, well, look, Columbus said this. So Cleveland, what do you got? Uh, that, yeah. that seems like a dream job. But explain that process a little bit further when when companies and organizations are looking to either move HQ or just expand. Yeah. So uh, a site consultant uh, is an extension of what you consider uh, people that are in the real estate business. Got it. Uh, but where their job uh, extends beyond uh, the real estate uh, brokers and uh, folks that you might be more familiar with, a site, cons site consultant is a specialist about location. And they have a strong um, data analytic approach to uh, where a company ought to locate. So it's their role is to serve as the project manager for a company that retains them to um, help them um, address what is what the requirements are from the company. So the first thing they do is they sit down with the company and say, okay, what's really important to you? 
Mm-hmm. Give me the 20 things that really count. Now let's prioritize those 20. Now let's weight those 20 such that if you get one, two, three, four, and five, that may be enough for you to say that's the right place. Got it. But, you know, what are the game stops, game stop, you know, what, 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 what will stop uh, you wanting to go, even though it meets 19 of the 20. Yeah. Uh, so, th- and then they work to assemble all of the data the, the, and, and to validate that data. Uh, and then they also apply a qualitative lens to the effort. So there's lots of data and you can make, you know, make a decision off of, a spreadsheet, but at the same time, you want to go and visit the market. You want to look at the site. Again, you want to look at it from their lens, which is, you know, is there money to be made here by the going with this location versus another location or another location is, you know, how's time and capacity going to be uh, affected? Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, you know, uh, what's the risk? You know, if they're, if they're in the petrochemical business or something like that, you know, they can't deal with uh, hurricanes and thunderstorms or f- fires or things that are prevalent in a particular geography. Yeah. So those are things that they have to take account for. They, they assemble the information. Ultimately, though, the company makes the decision. And all they're doing is kind of laying it out. And, of course, they help negotiate incentives. Got it. Okay. Um, I want to get into uh, right after this uh, next question, certainly what it would take for North Northeast Ohio to land a major HQ move, you know, similar to Oracle moving to Austin. But even before that, what is, you know, as of late, uh, Elon Musk has talked about it. Um, What's happening in the San Francisco area from your perspective and in your opinion where it seems to be, for the first time in my lifetime, a little bit of movement away from that being the technological hub, um, as we all know it. Yeah. Uh, there still is a lot of technology. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that it's going to dissipate overnight or anything like that. With that said, I think every company, again, uh, looks at the functions of their organization and said, you know, they would always like to have everything together. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? You could, you know, walk from the headquarters over to the production plant or over to the distribution center and, you know, get a great feel for things. However, um, either because of regulations that a city, state, or county apply you know, sometimes that makes business somewhat restrictive. And unfortunately, what's happening in California is that there are so many different regulations that are being applied to business that um, many companies are looking for, you know, is this, does it, you know, is it required that that function be next door? Got it. Um, you know, we, we can still serve as maybe the headquarters. Maybe we can still serve as the technology center, the, you know, the new product development idea. But when it comes to making the product, I can do it in Ohio at half the cost and without the regulations and maybe the tax environment. And maybe it's logistically closer to my customers. And so uh, what you're seeing going on in California is organizations optimizing their operations Got such it. that 
you know, do we need to have our call center, which typically is, uh, you know, it doesn't matter really where you have it. And do you want to pay a premium for the people that are in the call center because you're in California versus North Dakota or mm -hmm. Mississippi or somewhere like that? So that those are the things that are going through companies' minds. And, and that's true no matter where a company is. Yeah. So we always think about companies coming here, but Sherwin-Williams, uh, they went through a location decision on their headquarters. It, every, you know, it's, there's a tendency to believe it was automatic. They were going to stay in Cleveland. Well, it wasn't automatic. They looked at a number of other locations. And we, at Team Neo, working with our partners, Jobs Ohio and others, uh, the city of Cleveland, the county of uh, Cuyahoga, et cetera, um, we had to put that business case together. Mm -hmm. We had to compete for that, that business. And so um, that happens on every expansion inside the region and every attraction coming into the region. So what would it take for Northeast Ohio or Cleveland to win one of these massive companies similar to, to Oracle, putting, putting weather and geography aside? What, what's the playbook to, to win one of these massive companies? Uh, it comes down to talent. And it has for the last 10 years uh, with the, uh, you know, I would say the, uh, you know, declining population, at least in the workforce because of, uh, you know, the baby boomers retiring, et cetera. Uh, the uh, uptick in the amount of uh, technology and data and other um, capabilities uh, requiring upskilled employees that are, you know, STEM trained and all that. Um, you've got to have a talent base that uh, can deliver upon what would it take for a large company to come into town. Okay. Let's assume that, you know, today 95% of people that are employable are employed. Uh, so if you came in with 25,000 jobs, you might have a lot of people leaving these other companies to, to jump into that company. But at the same time, you don't have enough total employment to take care of what's here today as well as, and that was the challenge with Amazon when yep. they were looking nationally, right? Everybody's yep. like, we're going to win this. Great. What happens to everything else? What happens to the payroll in the marketplace overnight? Because somebody comes into the market and uh, you know, it's, you know, uh, disruptive yep. to the employment. So um, it's building that base of talent uh, that's uh, predictable and uh, sustainable. Uh, so these back to the site consultants, they're not just looking at the talent today. They're looking at the talent that's coming out two years, five years, 10 years from now. They're yep. looking at the curriculum. They're looking at the curriculum of the universities and how it aligns to the job skills that they're looking to fill. Um, that's why we put out the aligning opportunities report every year, which measures um, the talent su supply that's coming out of the 25 plus universities that we have in our region versus the, de the real demand. What are people looking for? Yeah. You know, it's great if we're, you know, um, graduating a lot of English majors, but if 
companies are looking for, you know, technicians, there's yeah. a mismatch there. And so, so we, we, we try to help inform the market about uh, this talent gap and how, and so we need to put in programs and that there's a lot of efforts afoot to, to make that happen. Yeah, perfect transition. Obviously, Cleveland's home to a ton of uh, colleges and universities. And, and one of the um, better pro- urban planning programs in the country is at Cleveland State. Right. Um, I've talked with other guests about what they call the brain drain in the past 20, 25 years, where tons of students go to college in Ohio, but then they leave for other places. So I think you did hit the nail on the head. But, you know, how do you see Cleveland and Northeast Ohio enticing enticing recent grads to stay in the area instead of going to a San Fran, a New York, a Chicago, and then maybe coming back later? Well, uh, it, it all it's always about jobs. And so back to risk, right? So um, when someone is developed a, uh, 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 you know, a skill uh, and they want to go to a market, uh, they look not just at the company that may be enticing them to come to that market. They're also looking at similar like companies that might be in that same location. Why? Because risk. They want to say, if it doesn't work out with Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati, I can go to Kroger or, uh, you know, federated department stores because they're all sort of in the same industry, but they're in the same market. Yeah. So from a career development standpoint, you want to have those opportunities to um, develop your career. Got it. So, um, yeah, so uh, talent is paramount. And um, we've got to find ways to make sure that the people graduating from the universities in Northeast Ohio know about what's available here and get them before, you know, their head gets full of, I want to live in a warm, just a warm location, you know, and that's it. There's so much going on right now. And I think the future is definitely getting brighter uh, and then if you look at COVID and the impacts of that uh, on how people are thinking about their careers and where they do their work, uh, you know, more of them are, more people are now considering, I'd, I'd rather be near family. I, I you know, I, 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 uh, 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 I can work remote. Yep. There's Silicon Valley, there's Silicon Valley jobs that are available and you can operate out of Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. So, yep. and you have a lower cost of living and, you know, all of that. So I think if there's, if there's one benefit, um, and I'm not sure there is, but if there's one benefit from what we've been experiencing with COVID over the past eight months or so, it's, we've have fast forwarded into the future a little bit where, you know, maybe by 2030 companies would be more open to working remote, but right now, they have to be right. So we've been like plunged into the future and to your point, right? Like my wife, she, she works um, for a company in New York. They gave everybody the option to work uh, wherever they would want until at least the summer of 21. And even then, I don't know if they're going to make people come back. If it works, if it works now, you know, it'll continue to work. That doesn't mean you won't have to fly back to New York once a month or whatever, but right. Right. This, this is good for this is good for Northeast Ohio. Yes. This is good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they, and I'm not. Uh, I agree with you. I'm not sure they can put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's no way you're going to be able to then say, "Hey, you got to move back here." Like, that's yeah. that's not going to go over well. Um, 
So uh, I want to ask you about the Blockland Initiative and how you guys um, worked together with that. Uh, and is there any potential to attract other technology companies from the West Coast as Austin, Texas did? Yeah, so um, definitely yes. On, uh, and I'll get back to that last question, um, but relative to, to Blockland, where we uh, helped, and again, uh, you know, you try to figure out where you can add value. And uh, f there were a good number of uh, smaller uh, FinTech type companies that uh, attended the Blockland conference. Got it. So wearing our attraction hat, uh, what we did is we came to understand who those organizations were that were signed up. Uh, we then, uh, as they came into town, we greeted them, met them. Uh, we even hosted uh, uh, 10 dinners around uh, the city of Cleveland. Very cool. Whereby we brought city leaders, not government leaders, but business leaders, um, to join them for dinner. So if we had, you know, uh, a dinner for 16 people, eight of them were entrepreneurs and, and owners of young and smaller companies. And eight of them were then business executives from companies who are the best people to make the pitch for why do you want to be in Northeast Ohio? Why does the block land initiative align with, with what you're trying to achieve and, you know, access and, and all of those things. Um, relative to that question on, um, you know, are there technology companies that we can attract to the region? And the, the answer is definitely yes. Uh, we're seeing that already. Uh, you've seen uh, the announcement recently of which Team Neo was part of, as well as Jobs Ohio and others uh, around uh, helping Lordstown Motors. Hmm. Right. That's about electric motors um, uh, in, in trucks. And there's a whole electrification movement underway in terms of airplanes, trucks, vehicles, etc. cetera. Yep. Uh, and uh, we are becoming a pronounced region uh, around the topic of energy storage because the, the magic sauce of electrification is can you put a battery together that allows someone to travel 400 miles versus today where maybe they can only go 150 miles. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, again, the capacity of the energy storage. So, so that's a, that's a whole thing going on. The mobility movement uh, in terms of uh, the various forms of transportation. Right. Mm -hmm. um, um, and uh, you know, of course, data analytics. And uh, so we're seeing a number of, of good, you know, small and mid-sized companies that are choosing Northeast Ohio uh, because of the access to the universities and technology-based companies like Progressive. I mean, Progressive is not an insurance company. It's a tech company. Yep. Highland is a tech company, right? So, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of their suppliers and organizations that are, you know, like that, that come to this area. So yeah. back to your yeah. one question a little earlier that I'd like to add on to is, you know, can we attract a big corporation? The best way to attract a big corporation is to attract a good number of small, strategic, well-targeted companies 
that ultimately will grow in your marketplace. Yeah. Uh, you know, the big kahuna is the one you read about once a year in yeah. you know, New York Times. But it's, you know, the, the companies that have grown up in Seattle all started small. You know, Starbucks was on the corner, right? And yeah. then eventually, right? So that's the best way. And, and so this whole entrepreneurial movement, um, the, the movement to draw in small and mid-sized companies that are looking to scale, that's, that's, that's the best path forward, at least from a, you know, best prospect standpoint. Yeah, no, it's a perfect transition too, because putting specific industry aside, what is the general pitch to companies, right? Like what are the main benefits of moving either a company HQ or just an expansion effort to Northeast Ohio? Like if there was three to five bullet points that you say to every company, regardless of what industry they're in, what, what are those? So uh, I always start with access, right? Uh, access to markets. Um, we are strategically located between Chicago and New York and Toronto and Atlanta. And, you know, probably a third, if not more of the U S population exists in that, that area. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, companies that we're interested in are those that extend beyond the boundaries of Northeast Ohio in terms of doing their business. Those are the companies that can go out and win market share across the globe. And as they gain market share, then they grow here, right? So access to markets is paramount. Uh, but then it's also access to talent. And, you know, again, we have a strength in this area. There's, you know, maybe, you know, people think about our 25 universities that we have in the footprint. But when I talk to a company, I'm talking within 200 miles because you go and recruit at the University of Michigan. You recruit engineers from Purdue and Carnegie Mellon. Yep. You, you know, so Ohio State doesn't belong to Columbus. They don't own it. <laughs> yeah. It's a state institution. Hey, good, good luck telling Companies them. Here. <laughs> That's right. So, so, um, so access to talent, uh, cost of operations, right? Another bullet Huge. point. Huge. Huge, right? The differential between doing business in California, New York, and Ohio. Astronomical. You know, it's, it's a, yeah, big difference. But here's the, what I always add into the story, which is not only do you have to pay people less here, Mm -hmm. the people that you care about that you employ will enjoy a higher quality of life, yep. even at a lower income than if you paid them more and they lived in California. Yep. So, so that's a company again, wants to make money, but at the same time, they want to take care of their people mm -hmm. and they want low retention. I mean, sorry, high retention, yep. low turnover. Yep. And, you know, that's the risk thing again. And so people here can, again, enjoy a good quality of life that they're just not going to move across the street for 10 cents. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, what industries, if, if there's one specific or a few, what industries do you see or foresee arriving in the Northeast Ohio area in the next 10 to 20 years? Is there a specific industry or lane that you think may expand more than others? Well, uh, you know, if 
energy prices ever come back. I would say the uh, manufacturing uh, uh, segment, uh, which is you know the heart of our industry, okay. our, sorry, our economy, and it can expand, especially based on the access to low priced oil and gas as electricity and mm-hmm. water, right? So if all those utilities, we also have broadband, which is in many ways a utility as well. Yeah. We have, you know, deep and dark fiber that, that, that comes through Northeast Ohio. And so we have a lot of the, the infrastructure uh, back to access to markets and utilities and things like that. So I see that oil and gas that we're fortunate that, uh, you know, is uh, deposited in the eastern part of our region and southeastern part of our state. Uh, so that whole petrochemical industry. Um, of course, um, I would put on, you know, headquarters again. Uh, we are a headquarter rich region. We are disproportionately large in terms of the number of headquarter operations here versus other cities. And, uh, and because of that, we have a lot of the services that wrap around those companies. There's a reason that EY is here. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that Jones Day, one of the most prestigious law firms was founded here. Because again, we had this large number of headquarter operations. Got it, okay. Um, well, listen, we'll get you out of here on an easy one. Um, and you can, you, can, you can think of it a couple different ways, but we always like to allow our guests to spread some love to other Cleveland restaurants, entrepreneurs. So you can, you can answer one or both, but one is what's your favorite Cleveland restaurant? And then since March, what has been your favorite or your go-to takeout option? Uh, so um, for restaurants, um, I have to be loyal and uh, uh, recognize my nephew, who's an entrepreneur, and uh, is part of the uh, the team that uh, does Market Garden, <clears throat> okay. Nano Brew, Nano Brew <clears throat> and uh, Barcento restaurants okay. in on the Twenty Fifth Street. Uh, so uh, there's an option there that you know it doesn't matter. Uh, what day of the week we can find something unique and different uh, along those three menus. And uh, so uh, we, we travel over there pretty frequently. Nice. Keep it in the family. I love it. Um, Okay. Well, Jay, listen, the last thing too is where can everybody interested in learning more about team Neo, where can everybody find you website, social, all that good stuff? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, uh, teamneo.org is the, the website. We also have a smart manufacturing cluster and additive manufacturing cluster. Okay. Uh, so we, uh, I think that would be something that uh, people might be interested in. I, uh, you know, it's an emerging aspect of manufacturing. So that would be smartmanufacturingcluster.org. Got it. Awesome. Well, Jay, this was, uh, this was fantastic. I think this is going to be one of our better episodes. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, Well, thank you, Paul. Yeah, we'll be in touch in the, in the near future. And, uh, you know, listen, I'll be rooting. I'm not a Browns guy, but I'll be rooting for you because you guys deserve it. So hopefully <laughs> yeah, hopefully they make the playoffs and Baker, uh, you know, continues to improve. He's been playing better. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, have a great day. Yes, you too. See you, Jay. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Rust Belt Rundown. Make sure you check us out at rustbeltrecruiting.com. 
The Rust Belt Rundown is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and click on five stars if you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.